Welcome to the E6 Podcast from Colonial Church, a place for candid conversations about what our church community is learning, what's going on in the world, and how it all applies, all applies, 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 applies to our lives as followers of Jesus. Easier for you to say. Apparently. My name is Brooke, episode 86. Uh, I'll just come out from the top here and apologize for if my vocals sound a little uh, muffled. I'm speaking through a mask and then into a microphone and then into a computer, which then goes into your device and into your headphones and into your ears. And uh, yeah, so why just adding a layer here? Why are you wearing a full Black Panther mask? I am uh, just trying to hide my face. <laughs> Broke out this weekend and. Um, so, uh, He's really not. Just I'm not that any of you believe that, but <laughs> you are in uh, COVID recovery mode. Yes, yes. I woke up Tuesday morning last week and felt like junk, and uh, turned out to uh, have COVID. And so, for the first time in like 31 months or whatever since COVID came out and was surprising the world i you know uh, finally yeah. succumbed to the virus well, and had to take a nap for about four days brooke you can run you can hide but eventually <laughs> it's gonna get you it did now it's everybody a, in your family but your youngest child has has had the uh uh-huh. the plague yep kendrick is the only one he has survived so far without it the least that we know at least you know um, yeah. i know that i had not had it prior to this because donating blood and tests and things like that that they've that they've done but um they, uh, we had, we had three of us, me and Zoe and Kendrick and, uh, Zoe and I both dropped to this version of whatever it is. Well, I know you're, I know you're run down and tired and I know it's taking its toll on you, but I'm glad that you're, uh, on the upswing, Brooke. I am too. Glad to have you back. I am too. I tried to clean the pool, uh, over the weekend after all my fever and stuff was gone and I went outside and <laughs> it didn't last very long. First world problems. You know, I got I COVID. I was trying to clean my pool. I was, I was just trying to like clean up outside. I did the dishes last night and was like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you know your body's not at its best when yeah, exactly. you just do one little thing like that. And you're like, I, I need to sit down. All I did was look for food in the refrigerator <laughs> and I can't move. And now I need a nap. So yeah, that's, that's uh that was a fun week. So yeah, so my 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 daughter brought it home from volleyball and gave it to me, and then my other daughter got it, and then my wife got it, and so it's like dominoes. We have been falling like flies, mm. and the other two have just kept on trucking, and so we did what we could to steer clear of everybody and not keep spreading it, and it's been fun. It's been well, a- we've also had uh, Tanner with us at least consistently for a little while, and he is home sick today. Um, I love that. I'm just going to say this on the podcast. You asked him if it's COVID, and he's like, I'm not sure. I don't want to know. Yeah. <laughs> he probably speaks for a lot of people like, I don't want to figure that out. Yeah. But hopefully he's just got a little sinus congestion, and we'll be back in the swing of things. So it's me and you, buddy. Me there and you go. today. There we go. So um, I missed the weekend, so can you just give me your, like, just just start from the beginning after after we got the hosting and the and the music and stuff since he's near, he's not here and you can't sing me the songs can you just like preach to me from and then we'll just call it we'll call I it am good. not going to do that no. nobody <laughs> nobody uh is listening to our podcast right now for for that um, no okay I will tell you if you missed yesterday you missed a a uh, we were all portaled if that's the right word trans transported I guess is the better word we were all transported <laughs> back to 1993 Okay. And um, we oh, right. we I, yes. I sang "Shout to the Lord" together, yeah. 
which any of you listening that have gone to church for a long time know that was like the song oh man of the i'd say the song of the early 90s darlene at man, a church she, she delivered that she song. was she's with hillsong right yeah can um, you imagine how many times Darlene Jack had to sing that song to over this day. the years? Yes. Like that's when you just hope that it's like this is really my heart and I like these were like I don't know if she actually wrote it. She did. Okay. She did. So, I looked I looked it up last I night. I mean, gosh. The amount of times that that woman has probably had to <laughs> sing that song in the last 30 years. Yes. You said you said 93? 1993. Yeah, I, so even I even joked years. Like, yes, I even gore. joked about it being 1993 cuz I wasn't quite sure. And then I looked it up last night, and it was it was exactly 1993. You know what else I found out about the song? A little trivia for you. Uh -huh, cool. Is that American Idol opened with a rendition of Shout to the Lord uh, once that got really big. Uh -huh. and it was a big hit. But they, without without talking to Hillsong, without talking to Darlene, uh -oh. um, they changed the word oh, uh, Savior to Shepherd. Um, okay. Oh, no, no, no. I get no, no, no. Sorry, no, no, they changed no, the word no, Jesus. No, it was sloppy wet kisses that they changed. <laughs> <laughs> no, not that. Wow, one. Like nobody knows what you're talking about. <laughs> That's another Christian song that was changed. No, but very similar. They changed the word Jesus. Sorry, they changed the word Jesus. I think to shepherd. Okay. No, no, no. I'm messing it up because they they left Jesus in there, but they changed him instead of my Savior, my Shepherd. <laughs> but they changed the words, you know, to make it, you know. A little more less or something. blatantly yeah. Christian, you know, um, and um, and then there was an outcry. Um, I mean, Christians were not okay with that. Yeah, and so um, the next American Idol, it may is either the next week or within like two or three weeks, they did it again and they changed the word back. Oh my god! Like that was how big a deal it was. Wow. I didn't know any of that at the time. I didn't either. Even though American Idol was like the thing everybody's watching in the nineties, uh, I was never uh, an American Idol. Oh, we watched watcher. it early on when it was. When everybody and their mother was talking about it, probably the first three or four seasons. Those are just not my kind of shows. Like I, just no, don't, I don't watch those. No, but yeah. I remember Carrie Underwood winning and Kelly Clarkson winning and the the early ones. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, you can only take so much Ryan Seacrest is my is my <laughs> my thought. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the 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 two thousands Carson Daly. Oh, that's, that's a good. You want to date yourself? Yeah. It's good times. Uh, yeah, so it was an interesting week. I missed the weekend. It was a good, it was a good I missed, weekend. I missed shooting back to, uh, to 1993. Um, we did get a couple more kids sponsored through Compassion, which yes. is awesome. So, so our total? For this year, I can't do math, so you can do math because my brain is I can do it. I've is, got it in my head. Gone. 34 this year. 34 more kids in Tapachula, Mexico. Right, which brings our total to? 118. There you so go. So between last year and this year... Um, Two Compassion Sundays, really all within about 10 months, we have sponsored, 11 months, we have sponsored 118 children in that community. I could not be more proud of our church. I could not be more excited about our partnership with Compassion. Uh, as I have said um, recently, I don't know if it was on the podcast or on Sunday mornings or both, but um, it's a matter of when we go firsthand meet these children meet uh, the, the staff of these two child development centers in Tapachula, the, the leaders and, and people of the local church or churches there that we're partnering with. Um, we, we, we know from Compassion that uh, we could go as soon as next fall, hopefully. Um, but sometime, I would say, in the next year and a half, for sure, we are um, 
we're going to go down there. And it may be, I mean, I, ho- I hope all of you listening, especially if you're excited about our partnership with Compassion, especially if you're sponsoring one or more kids, man, I hope you pray about that now. Maybe save your save your pennies. Start saving now for for a trip like that. Um, and it's cool. It's not just you. Like there's there's other people like that are excited about that trip. Like, yes. Just the possibility of that trip. You know, there's people that that asked us last week. Hey, how much would that cost? I don't know. But when are we going to do those things? Like there's been multiple people. I even talked to one person last week. I don't think I talk, brought this up last week, but I talked to uh, I talked to one um, one woman who said she thinks she may even have family still in that area, um, uh, in Tapachula. Really? Um, and, and Are would, you be, serious? would be excited. And so wow. it was like, that's, that's really cool. So, and all of this, um, all, all of this was, was, you know, just over the last couple of weeks. And so, and so you may look at it and if you, if you think about it, it's, you know, 84 last year and only 34 this year, but that's 34 more kids right. on top of the other ones. So it's not like, it's not like, oh, we did this thing that one time, and so next year we'll do even more than that. Right. It's the first time we're supposed to do a lot more. A lot more, right. And, and, and both both times we have we have exceeded um, the expectations yep. of what we thought we might get, what yes. we were hopeful to get, yes. you know, um, just because when you've already got a bunch of people I, that are already doing it, and then to add that many oh my to good. it. So. Well, and, 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 you know, as always, you know, how many people call Colonial Church their home? Uh, Brooke and I can't tell you. Because uh, there's a bunch of people who don't come regularly or even at all for a while that call Colonial Church their home or they come once a month. But because we're, I, I just call us, even including the children, um, we, we're kind of a church of 400. That's kind of who we are in the last couple of years. To have a church of 400 that has sponsored 118 children mm-hmm. in a community down there mm-hmm. is is mind-blowing. Just yeah. fantastic. Right. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. So that's that's really exciting. So we, we we added a couple more to wrap up our compassion compassion Sunday weekend. So so let's be clear for anybody else listening that hasn't stepped into this. We we made a commitment to send the rest of these packets that have been handed to us that represent very real mm-hmm. children waiting to be sponsored. We have made a commitment now this week to send all those back to compassion. We don't want to hoard them over here if they're not going to be scooped up by someone they might be scooped up by other people now other churches other christians and so um a we're done um specifically having these packets physically to to grab a hold of and and sponsor these kids so we're not going to have those available this sunday right we're not available at the office this week etc but the flip side of that uh the same the other side of that same coin is there's a constant opportunity to sponsor kids. Um, what can you tell us about anybody who says, well, you know, I didn't realize the window was going to be shut. Right. You know, how do I, how do I be a part of this? Yeah. I mean, you, you bring up a good point. Um, each packet is, is attached to a specific kid and that, that one packet is the only packet available anywhere in the world for that kid. So, um, the packets that have been here are not available online or anywhere at, at any other church anywhere while they are available here. So we don't want to just hang on to them for forever, um, especially after the, you know, our momentum has, has you know, four new packets has, um, has kind of finished. Um, and so, and so all of those packets will go back. So for somebody who has, um, you know, you missed your opportunity, maybe you were gone for the last couple of weeks or, uh, you thought, oh, I'll just do this next time only to find out, Oh, I don't have that ability next time. Um, 
the there you can always go to compassion.com and sponsor a kid nobody will ever argue with you for going to compassion.com and sponsoring a child um, that's a great thing to do now that kid will not be most likely will not be from our two partner churches in Tapachula or our, our development centers in in uh, in Tapachula but um, what what I would say say is that um, honestly I don't know enough about the uh, the availability in the system um, to tell you that to, to be able to promise you this but I will promise you that if you are interested in a Tapachula kid and you missed your opportunity if you want to email me or you want to contact the office and and say hey I, I still want one um, even if we don't have any of the packets available because it's all been sent back. Um, I will do whatever I can working with compassion to try to get that. You are our compassion champion. I'm not even trying to be funny. You're our advocate champion. You are our, our CC. There you go. I I am the CC's CC. Yes. Um, I will be James at (laughs) colonialchurch.com. Be James at colonialchurch.com. Yeah, I I will. I will do whatever I can to try to get you hooked up with a kid from Tapachula uh, from our specific area. And there's also surrounding areas where there are a whole lot more kids that are not necessarily attached to our partner development centers. In fact, I was looking at the packets yesterday that we had on site because you had a bunch of other packets representing very real kids in, in need of being sponsored from the local from the surrounding areas. And there's a pile of, you know, this these kids are within a 40-mile radius right. of Tapachula. Now, depending on transportation, that's a that's a that's, big that that's is a, a, huge, a long way. Huge, yeah. But at the same time, it's not Taiwan or Ethiopia or sure. or even, you know, central Mexico. It's it's down there mm-hmm. fairly close to Tapachula. It's the kind of thing if if I can make this leap, you know, if we go down there, if a group of 13 of us goes down there, you know, next year for example, and your kid is you know 26 miles away i am pretty dang confident that compassion is going to help you be able to see your kid i'm not making any promises but (laughs) my understanding from working with compassion is they prioritize that so well is we really want um people to meet their the kids they're sponsored we really want kids to meet their sponsors right um and so don't don't think that's not a good idea yeah so again no promises um, on on any of that, um, but I promise you, I will uh, I, I will do whatever I can to try to hook you up if that is what you are looking for, and uh, and try to help you out that way. So so thank you for everybody that's jumped on board, and um, for for those of you that started last year and are continuing. I know we had a lot of people that were concerned. Hey, I got a kid that's older. Are they going to age out really soon? Um, then what happens? So. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of people that are that are worried. That they're looking at this long term, going, "Man, I, I don't want this kids to just age out." And so I got a kid that I'm going to have for a year or two, and then. Well, how old is, how old are the kids in question? Like uh, 16, 17? Yeah, yeah. Some of them are some of them oh, are older, and so they're looking that. at it, going, "Okay, am I, am I really going to pick this kid that I'm because they do for... they do uh, typically age out at eighteen. They, typically, what, what right? Compassion says is that they will they age out or they 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 graduate somewhere between eighteen and twenty two. Um, as we know from Gilbert's story, there's still more possibility beyond to that help with, them go to college, with college et cetera. and things like that. Um, but with with each, it's all it's all dependent on the areas and things like that. But all of that to say, ultimately, was just that our people are excited about it, and they were concerned about well, but what happens when this kid ages out? Are they going to be taken care of? Am I going to be able to get another kid in our area? So you guys have have really dive, dive dove in and and been excited about it. So um, we we are excited about that as well and appreciate you guys absolutely jumping in. 
Absolutely. I would like to say this uh, in front of everybody, so to speak. I want us as a church to do a better job this next year of telling some stories, whether it's, I want to make a commitment. You know, when I, when I've exchanged a letter with one of the kids that we're sponsoring, um, I'd like to share that only cause I can on a mic, you know, on the podcast, on stage, I'd like to open up an invitation to, um, any of you listening that are sponsoring kids that if you want to share a brief story about how you came to, you know, make the decision to sponsor or how the relationship with the kid you're sponsoring is going, what God's teaching you through that. I would like to formally invite you, any of you listening to contact me or Brooke and say, I, I w- I'd love to share with my church family about this because we want to keep our relationship our growing relationship with compassion with the people of Tapachula, with these kids and their families. We want to keep that in front of our church and not just have, you know, a year later, oh, all of a sudden it's Compassion Sunday mm-hmm. and we haven't talked about it. For, I mean, it, this is supposed to be a very much a, a partnership and a relationship. And so I'd love for us to keep that in front of us better, th- better this next year than we have this sure. past year. Um, I'm asking for your help and kind of in front of everybody, Brooke, but I know that you, I know you feel the same way. Um, I was convicted from Gilbert. Gilbert really yeah. was a blessing to me. I was convicted to to be better at writing letters. I was convicted to share more purposefully with our church. Yeah, um, I think I think it's yeah. Hearing his story, reading his book, um, it, it's it's interesting to um, I think about all of the you know like like if I had somebody writing me letters from another part of the world um, that that doesn't see it doesn't it doesn't hit the same I don't think as because I'm not in the same situation and so it's easy for me to just say well yeah but I mean it's it's whatever they're they're still getting what they need all that kind of stuff but they're not creating that relationship um, and and so to hear his side of the story and and understand from his perspective like how many of the kids were like yeah they just couldn't understand what was going on and they couldn't build this relationship and being able to see him. Um, I think about, uh, Kiwi that was here last year and, and her stories of, um, of being able to meet with myth with her, um, uh, with her sponsors and, um, you know, just, just the difference that that makes is, is seems to be such a drastic thing that even though it doesn't make sense in my head from what I, you know, if, if, if you were writing me letters, Lauren, from another place, um, as you frequently do mm. through text message, writing me letters, but I don't know. Uh, that, that, that to me was a big deal You know, just to, to think about it from a different perspective. Like, yeah, maybe it doesn't make sense to me, but it does to them and, and that helps. Yeah. It's, it's a big deal to them. One last thing about this that you just struck my, my brain is I have not taken advantage of the compassion app. And I've mm-hmm. talked to a couple of people who have raved about, the ability to write something on their phone to their compassion kid, to upload a picture or two of what they've been doing or their family or whatever to their compassion kid. And um, I mean, how many people listening right now can go, oh yeah, if I have to sit down and write a letter and then <laughs> and find a stamp, I don't think it. we have stamps, you know, all those things versus I could grab my phone like I do, yeah. you know, 18 times a day for different reasons and, and just zap something. Like I'm excited about. I think it's going to take my letter writing to a new level because yeah. I'm just I'm a yeah. I love for ironically I love to journal, love to sit down and write longhand and journal, and I just I don't write letters anymore. It's a lost art, you know. And so 
the few I've written over the years to my compassion kids, which I'm embarrassed to say the few, um, I, I take seriously and I write them, but the thought of, Oh, I can just do little notes and I can right. upload a picture or three and how much more often can you do it? Yes. If it's that easy, maybe you do it. Maybe it's like, Oh yeah, I'll write a letter every month or two or, yeah. or whatever, but then I'll send them quick messages yes. and things like that. So I, I encourage our, our people listening that are sponsoring to try the app. That might be a, another, another new thing to, to yep. help, help you with that relationship. Yep. Okay. Um, we got a uh, in, in light of in light of the message series that we're just starting uh, about mental health and peace of mind. Um, we got a question last week, and uh, we didn't we didn't really have a ton of time to deal with it. And I thought it fit better um, a lot a lot better coming towards where we're headed. Um, <clears throat> and uh, and I wanted to to hit you with this question. It's a heavy question, so. Um, we're, we're definitely switching gears here a little bit, but, okay. um, I'm gonna read this out. So the question says, so how do I let go? Ever since you talked about forgiveness a couple weeks back, I can't stop thinking about everything that I'm holding on to. The first 16 years of my life was filled with drugs, alcohol, death, uh, sexual, physical, and emotional abuse from family members. I, I'm trying to, I'm trying so hard to forgive those people so that I can be a better mother but I just seem to not be able to. Mm. So how do I let go? Wow. Well, before we even get into that question, I think the tone of this question, I'm not saying that right, the, just the heaviness of this question. Can I back up and take a 30,000-foot approach to this before we get into the details of this question? I mean, this is, this is one of our people, um, and we're going to keep, she didn't ask to, to keep this anonymous, but we're going to. But, but you and I both know her. She's one of our people in our colonial church family. And she's gone through some serious trauma. She has experienced a lot of pain and heartache and disappointment. And, um, and she's vocal in this moment about asking how to deal with it. Yeah. And I want to affirm this friend as well as um, at least between text messages and conversations yesterday, at least half a dozen others. Uh, and then on top of that, several of the people in my group last night, um, we meet on Sunday nights, that have said, yes, me too, yes, me too, yes, me too. Like, I hope that people listening right now, especially to a question like this, realize you are not alone. I'm not trying to be dramatic. I'm there's so much stuff that each of us has experienced that we don't talk about or that even if we're okay talking about it, most people in, in a, a large room of folks like an auditorium at church just have no idea, no idea. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of the challenge in this whole conversation is um, just the our reluctance to let people in on our own pain, our own experiences, our own present struggles, much less the past stuff we've gone through. So, um, so thank you for asking this, um, question, being this vulnerable. Um, so to the question itself, man, how do I let go? I've gone through all these things. I'm trying so hard to forgive and I'm trying to be a better mother. Uh, but it, Man, her last line, I just seem to not be able to. Um, I want to double down 
with this question from another friend of mine from Colonial who has said, you know, I'm, I have been struggling for, I think it's been right out a year and a half. Um, not a few weeks, not a few months, but, but a long time. And, uh, just wept, um, with me yesterday and just said, I'm sad, I'm lonely and I can't figure out what to do. And, um, she, she confessed that church really messed her up yesterday <laughs> because we went there, hmm. you know, and, and I say messed her up in a, in an emotional way, but in a, in a, not a bad way, not in a destructive way. It just, it brought a lot of emotion out. And same thing to her, I say to this person who posed this question, this friend on our podcast, I would say, um, to, if, if you are, there's multiple things we need to do. One of the questions I asked yesterday is what do we do when our body is unhealthy? We're all way more familiar with what to do. There's no stigma. Um, change your diet, you know, stop eating so much carbs and sugar or, or whatever it is, you know. Stop eating late at night. Um, eat smaller portions. All the stuff we know. Uh, go see a doctor. Oh, you know, you don't. You have a fever. You, you're coughing all the time. Your your knee hurts. You, you go to the doctor, and we all go. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, that's expensive. Oh, I hope your insurance covers it. But, you know, um, go to the gym. You know, like we we get that. We get that's something not just from a vanity standpoint, but from just a taking care of your body standpoint. We get that. Get some more sleep. Um, I, I'm I'm not speaking any truth that everybody doesn't know. What do you do when the body's unhealthy? Well, this is what you do. This is the recipe. And then to to connect some dots, you know, you have someone like your your bride, Brooke, who, you know, is doing all those things that she can and taking all the medicine she can and seeing the, the experts in every area that she can. And if the body's still unhealthy, that's where we grieve the, the infection of sin in our world mm. and go, oh, it's not supposed to be this way. My friend got cancer or I had this, you know, negative, I was in a car wreck and this is, this is the consequence. And so there's so much, we, there's only so much we can do, but we know what to do, you know? Um, what do we do in this case of the question asker? I've gone through this trauma. I mean, boy, she just lists, I'm looking at the question again, drugs, alcohol, death, sexual slash physical slash emotional abuse from multiple family members. Um, this is a lot of trauma. What do we do when, when we're unhealthy emotionally, when we're unhealthy psychologically and, and uh, mentally what do we do? And there are very different opinions about that. Uh, there's stigma still in a lot of people to go get counseling. Hmm. I don't know how many of our people heard me talk about getting good counseling and how much I value that yesterday at church that walked away going, he's a kook, you know? <laughs> uh, I, I, I assume that there's, there's fewer, <clears throat> excuse me, I assume there's few, there are fewer people now than, than before. I think that's somewhat generational. Uh, but I, I'm a little naive to how many people still face that stigma of, of what a counselor's for. Um, I do know on a side note, the couples I've worked with over the years, a lot of couples think, well, if I'm going to go see a counselor, that means 
were on the brink of divorce. Yeah. Or, or individually over the years, the people I've worked with, well, if I'm going to see a counselor, that means I'm crazy. That, that there's insanity is, is just really close to this idea of counseling instead of seeing it like a doctor or an auto mechanic. No, 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 no. It's what you do. You have a car, you use a mechanic. You have a body, you use a doctor, you have a heart and a mind. You use a trained counselor, you know? Um, and so to that end, I would say one of the things that I wholeheartedly recommend to this question asker is if you're not already already doing it, or if you've done some of that, but you're not doing it now, um, you need to find a trained, helpful counselor with a Christian worldview, with a biblical worldview that's got legit training. And, and thankfully now four plus years into living in Wichita Falls, I've met several of those folks here in our community. Uh, we're going to list our referral list of local Christian counselors in the show notes. Um, that same list is always available. If you contact our office, uh, or any of our pastors, um, I want to give a quick shout out uh, to Christ counseling ministry, which is not just one counselor, but it's a group of, of really good Christian counselors here in our community that I think the world of. And so that's one answer to this question. I think, um, otherwise I do know this, this friend that's asking this difficult question, you're doing all the other things you're, you're coming to a church family and diving into community with people. Um, man, that's so important to be in community. You're being honest and vulnerable about what you've gone through. You're doing more than a lot of people are just by doing that. Uh, you're asking God for help. I trust you're, you're constantly asking him for, for healing, for intervention. Um, I think that's really important. Uh, you are looking to serve. I know this individual that is, is really hurting is serving. Uh, they're, they're not just in a fetal position, kind of with uh, an inward fixation on their own stuff, which, which, by the way, when we're in pain is a natural thing to do. I'm not even shaming anybody for doing that. But one of the upsides of forcing yourself to look up and out and, for example, get on the floor with some two-year-olds on Sunday mornings in our kids' ministry or, or taking on somebody else who's hurting and being a friend to them um, or volunteering in a, in a something with your kids through the local school or those kind of things, giving yourself away, I think is part of our healing. It, it takes the focus off of our own stuff and it enables us to see other people's pain and other people's needs. So those are the kind of the entry level answers I would give, uh, holistically, um, seek the Lord, seek counseling, seek community, seek opportunities to, to serve. I think beyond that, it gets really deep, you know, and we're going to talk how we're going to talk specifically with how we overcome past trauma, um, in just a few weeks, um, maybe to, to, to take this conversation back to our teaching series. Uh, we're very purposefully going to tackle, um, kind of one issue at a time over the next several weeks, biblically, uh, dealing with anxiety, dealing with, um, burnout, dealing with, um, worry, which is different from anxiety. We'll, we'll get there and how that works. Um, dealing with depression specifically. I think that's going to be helpful to a lot of people, uh, dealing with past trauma. 
Uh, and, and that's probably one of the harder things we're going to talk about. Uh, we're also going to have, this is a little bit of a teaser of an answer because it's not helpful in the moment, but I know Brooke, you and I have talked about trying to get, uh, at least a couple, um, specific, uh, just really competent, knowledgeable Christian counselors, uh, on the podcast in the coming weeks might even, you know, I haven't thought about this, but might even want to do something in person on a Sunday morning. Uh, but we don't have that planned right now. But I want to lean into our resources like that um, that I think can be really helpful. Um, I've, I've gone, I, I've talked for a while. I, I, I guess I'll close with this to to our friend that has submitted this question. Uh, you are dealing with a lot. And as a pastor, um, I want to thank you. I want to honor you for your vulnerability. I want to invite you to keep doing life with us as a church family. And I also want to say some of the things you're talking about, a teaching series is not going to fix. And even a, a heartfelt conversation with somebody like me who genuinely cares is not going to, it's not going to take you very far. Um, I think some of us need professional, competent help. Um, as my mentor, RJ, a longtime therapist likes to say, um, there's a lot of quacks in counseling um, he even joked with me that he thinks about 75% of them are not that helpful. So I don't mean to discourage people, but all the more reason to find someone who's really good, somebody who's really helpful. And I know several in our community that, that can help. So um, I'll stop stop my my talk there, I guess. No, it's, that's good. I, I, I agree. Um, thank you for being vulnerable enough to write that out. Um, I'm sure that was not the easiest thing. Um, just to see that sentence put together of the things that you've been through, um, is, is, is a lot. So, so thank you for sharing your, um, your, your hurt and your, uh, your, your struggle, um, with us here, especially as we're, as we're diving into, um, this whole series. So we, we appreciate that. Mm. Um, so to, to get into this new series, um, what, why, uh, obviously I think, I think it's pretty obvious that this is a big deal, um, throughout, you know, our, our society. Um, but why, why are we taking the time out mm. as a church to say, okay, let's, let's not dive back into acts or start a new book or whatever. Why, um, why as a church are we taking our, um, teaching times on, on the one, you know, the one, the one time over the, over the weekend yeah. that we all get together to start to, to talk through some of this stuff. Why are we doing yeah. that? No, that's, a, that's a great question. Um, I, I'll, I'll give you my perspective on that as a leader, as a teacher, uh, because I do get, um, man, there's huge upside to just going through a book of the Bible. Like I, I, I don't know that I want to do that all the time. Uh, I think worst case, you go through um, Acts or you go through one of the Gospels or you go through one of the Old Testament books or something like that for, uh, for many, 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 many weeks. I think that sometimes people can mistakenly think, well, God's not talking to me in this, this series. You know, I, this is not relevant to, I got soccer tonight and I got to work, you know, three 10-hour shifts. And then, I, you know, like what's I got to do with the, you know, studying, you know, uh, the book of Matthew or whatever. But I think that's also where, as Christians, we are constantly saying, okay, God, what are you saying to me mm-hmm. in this? And so I think just diving into Scripture, um, at least 
half the time, you know, um, and just walking through it and asking God, what are you saying to me this in a new way? Or what do I need to hear is a good thing to your question. Um, we're not doing that. This is, this is a blatantly topical teaching series. Uh, it's dealing with the titles peace of mind. It's dealing with mental health. Um, I'll be real and say, I think this is where people are. Um, uh, it's not, there's, there's probably a cynical thought out there somewhere of someone going, Ooh, what, you know, is the church just trying to tickle people's ears and get, you know, talk about, let's talk about a hot topic and get, get butts in the seats. And, um, and, and, you know, I'm sure churches are guilty of that from time to time. What, what can we say that's going to really, you know, draw people in? Yeah. Um, I mean, we're all human and I, I, I guess even I, at some point have had those thoughts. That's not where I'm coming from with this. I am, I am incredibly saddened by what I am gathering both statistically and anecdotally from, from professionals in, in the psychology realm, pastors out there, man, people are really struggling. Uh, suicides are up. Um, antidepressant prescriptions are up, uh, specifically post pandemic, the, the outcry for help from teenagers on dealing with anxiety, uh, is off the charts. I was talking to a local clinical clinic director and she was just saying, you would not be, you, you would not believe how many calls we're getting asking for help with kids that are dealing with anxiety. Hmm. And, um, and this is longitudinal. This is not like we just started our work last year and wow, this is a big deal. No, they've been doing this for many, 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 many years. And it, the numbers are spiking, you know, um, the number specifically the number of calls at a local Christian counseling center uh, that I already mentioned CCM, um, they, I don't remember the numbers exactly, but they got this X number of calls per month asking for counseling help, asking for appointments. Um, it has skyrocketed just in the last year and a half. It has just gone way up. Hmm. Uh, people are anxious. People are depressed. People are burned out. Uh, I think it also explains a lot of our focus as a church. I know as a teacher, the last two and a half, three years has been on this idea of fear. Uh, fear has been pervasive in our culture. Um, politically, you know, um, people from all sides of the, of the, of the continuum of politics have, have either said the other person's, you know, using fear to drive their campaign or whatever, or they've been accused themselves of doing that. Um, fear is just, it's, it's pervasive in the church. It's one of my laments is that we are acting out of fear instead of love. We did a series love over fear, which I, by the way, is my favorite series that, that I've been a part of since I came to colonial. I just think it's, again, it's where people are. It's where our culture is. I think this is a pivotal time. Can, can I be this real with people? Um, I, I said it again yesterday, Sunday morning. I want to give credit where credit's due. You know, Life Church has done um, a lot of the work that we're using for this teaching series. I'm leaning into Craig Rochelle and their, their writing team on the way they've woven in scripture to make these points um, and partnered with some psychology experts. But I didn't even know about this until recently talking to a friend and they said, have you listened to this series? Um, through Life Church, and oh my goodness, it's 
it's where people are. You need to, and I devoured it and I'm like, yep, you know what? 90 degree turn. Like we were going to do this, this, and this, this fall. Nope. We're going here. This is Mm -hmm. where our people are. So, um, I, I trust that the people that are journeying with us as a church know that, um, man, we're going to ground ourselves in scripture. This is not, you know, what do you think? I don't know. What do you think? Opinions. (laughs) This is, this is based in God's, you know, word that has authority in our lives that we can trust. And this is leaning into some experts in, in a field that we, we need to lean into. Um, one of the interesting conversations we had as a group last night, Brooke, is I think part of the reason we don't talk about this stuff as church in a church is how we compartmentalize. Let me ask you this question on the spot. I don't compartmentalize uh, <laughs> at all. The end. Next question. Yes, I love your. <laughs> I love the way you compartmentalize that. Um, what to you? Let me ask. I'm, I'm totally putting you on the spot. I didn't tell you I was going to do this. What you know? If if psycho- some people would argue psychology or or even broader subject science that's over there spirituality spirituality or 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 spiritual things that's over here um okay so mental health we're going to talk about mental that's blatantly that's not spiritual that's psychological or that's emotional or that's way over here what do you do when someone asks you what do you consider spiritual and what do you not? And, and, and then maybe linked to your answer it's a two tiered question. So what does that mean for the church? What does that mean for church leaders and how they lead people in pursuit of Christ likeness? Putting you on the spot there. Mm-hmm. I have thoughts of course, but I'm going to yeah. zip up my lip. Um, you know, I, I think, I think a lot of, um, I, I struggle to compartmentalize um, spirituality in that way that oh this is this is science over here so that doesn't have anything to do with with religion or with with spirituality oh this is spiritual over here so it has nothing to do with the rest of the the, the physical world or, or whatever I, I, to me I, I don't I just I struggle to I struggle to separate them that well um, I think you said it yesterday that uh, everything is spiritual um, and I think there's there's easy ways to take that to the extreme that oh well any any sickness or any illness or anything bad is a spiritual attack against you and if you're not praying hard enough then you know you're not going to come out on the other side that the, the, the devil is going to win you know so I think it's easy to take it to that extreme um, and I, I you know one, one your your big question you started off with or maybe not question but. Um, one of the things you started off with was that Jesus doesn't fix area, every area of your life. Just because you believe in Jesus doesn't mean that your cancer is going to be gone. It may, it may be gone. It may he may be, he may heal you. It may not. Um, you may um, you know you may lose a child or a family member, and that just because you believe in Jesus doesn't mean that that fa- that thing is not going to happen, or that car wreck is not going to happen, or that that you know job uh, loss or, or economic collapse isn't going to happen or because it didn't, or because you, you claim Jesus and those things did happen. Therefore you don't pray enough, or you obviously don't believe hard enough. If you had just believed harder, um, I I think that is, um, mm, temper my language. Um, I think that's, uh, I think that's so brutal that, I mean, we live in a world that, that we know these things happen and 
What were you going to say? Uh, I don't remember now. Let's move on. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm just curious. I'm trying to track with you too. I'm not trying to be. No, no, punk. no. I, I, I just, to me, I, I have, I have been, um, I have been on the, uh, not, not the direct receiving end of these kinds of statements that, well, you're just not praying hard enough. Like with what Kirk is going through, for yeah, example. Yeah, for an example, like like that kind of thing. Um, there have been people in the church that have said, oh, "Man, you just must not be praying hard enough." Mm. It's like, uh, man, I just don't agree with you. Yeah. Um, I think that you can look throughout the scripture and see all kinds of people. I mean, you listed off several people yesterday throughout mm-hmm. the Bible that are like, "Yeah, they had issues, they had problems that they dealt with, mm-hmm. and just because they believed in God and just because they were devoted." Mm-hmm didn't change the fact that these things still happened. Right. And how often are those things, uh, things in our lives that actually turn us towards God and, right. and or, or, or maybe even introduce us to God if we don't have that, um, you know, ahead of time. But so I, I don't know, I, I struggle to say, well, this is science over here and this is spiritual over here on the other side. Mm. Um, I mean, if, if you, if you really want to get down to it, like, how do we have any understanding of science of any of this thing outside of God's given given capacity to learn and to develop and understand the things that He created, mm. and then to say, well, that doesn't have anything to do with spirituality, even though He created it all, He's given us the ability to understand it all, the ways to apply this in some way. I mean, then 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 we would say, well, science or, or you know, doctors. Uh, uh, go down a rabbit trail. But how many times we could just say, well, if God wants that to happen, that'll happen. Therefore, I should not get cancer treatment, or therefore, I should not wear my seatbelt, or therefore, I should, you know, any number of things, and we could go on and on about that kind of stuff. But um, if, if, we, if we're just going to see it as, well, that's science, and this is spirituality over here, and they can't ever coexist, or they can't ever intertwine I don't know. That's a struggle for me. Mm. As a compartmentalizer, that doesn't make sense to me. So as a self-confessed one who does compartmentalize Absolutely. in a lot of ways, you're saying, nope, can't do it in that way. I don't, I don't see. And, and I mean, and, and that's why I say, you know, your, your big, one of your big points yesterday that Jesus doesn't fix every area of your life. Um, otherwise you would either have to, you know, then, then we'd all be perfect on the other side of that. Mm. At some point in our in our existence, maybe you know not living, yeah, but we, we we could get there. But you know that that gets into the myths that you talked about that that we that as a Christian you shouldn't struggle, um, and that God doesn't care about those things mm. because those would be separate. Yeah. Oh, but that's over here, and that doesn't have anything to do with God. Um, and it, you know, even even to to go even farther, you know, you used uh, you talked about Second Peter first, Second uh, Peter one three. Mm-hmm. Um, by His divine power, God has given us everything we need to live a godly life. Mm. The, and 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 you you kind of kept going. I think some things were implied, but I, that stopped me right there and was like, okay. So I started making a list. I was like, okay, that doesn't that doesn't mean I have everything I need to live a rich life. It doesn't mean I have everything I need to live a physically healthy life. Mm. It doesn't mean I have everything I need to live a popular life or however you want to fill in the blank. Oh, that's good. That's good with your life. Yeah, it doesn't say that. It says to live a godly life which may mean that you have to live a godly life through struggles or through mental health or through physical health or through loss mm. or through abuse or through trauma. Preach. And 
it doesn't say that, you know, it's, I have everything Man. I need to do everything that he wants me to do, mm. not to be the perfect person or to, uh, to live in the, you to know, be successful or right, to be the prosperity gospel version of this, just because I believe in Jesus doesn't yes. mean I'm going to get all the stuff. Yes. It means that I have the ability to live, live a godly life in spite of all of the things that maybe I wish I had or the circumstances that I wish didn't happen to me. Mm. Um, that's where, that's where it all, um, went, went in my head. I love, I love your take on that. I think that's helpful. Ah, that's, that's really good stuff. You know where my brain goes as you say that is, um, I, I heard, did you ever read some Donald Miller back in the day? He wrote blue like jazz and I didn't read back um, then. <laughs> he didn't read back. But then. I do know I do know your I love your honesty. <laughs> he helped me maybe 15, 18 years ago, um, when he made this statement. He said that Jesus is not a product. Uh I think I think if we do let, let's go down that logical road. If we do believe mistakenly that if I give my life to Christ, if I choose to follow and trust in Jesus, I'm gonna get X. I'm gonna get health, mm-hmm. or I'm gonna get wealth, or I'm gonna get uh, success or I'm, I'm going to, um, I'm going to, he's going to take away this affliction of, of blank, you know, then ultimately we have chosen to believe that Jesus is a really good product, you know? Yeah. And as consumers, that's an easy mistake. Sign me up. It's an easy mistake, right. you know? And it's a, it's a appealing mistake, you know, like, Ooh, give me some of that. I I've told the story before, of a teenager that I worked with that had everything, but life fell apart. He was a rich kid. Um, his parents got a divorce. He blew his knee out. He um, wanted to play college football and couldn't. Um, he just experienced a lot of loss, and he just decided to follow Jesus shortly before all this awful stuff started happening. And he looked at me, and I've quoted it before. Um, he said, I, I've, I've tried that Jesus bleep, mm. that bleep don't work. And I've never heard a more clear statement of thinking of Jesus as a product. Yeah. Ah, you know, I tried Tide. It, did, <laughs> it didn't clean my clothes, you know. Um, I, I, I tried driving a Chevy Nova back in the 70s, and it blew. I don't, I don't I'm never driving a Chevy, you know. Or, that um, one I could get behind. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not even a Ford guy. Um <laughs> But having said that, wow, we just lost yeah, sorry. all of our Buy American listeners. Um, in, all ser- in all seriousness, wow, rabbit trail. Squirrel! Um, we think of Jesus, we, all of us, at some point on some given days in a calendar year, we think of Jesus as a product because we just that's how we think day to day. I'm going to try this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to eat that, see if it, I like it, if it does something for me. I'm going to try that vacation and see if it makes me feel you know, this way or that way. We do the same with Jesus. And, and I'll even make it even more relatable to a lot of folks. We treat our marriages in some cases like that. Um, oh, I just don't feel the way mm-hmm. I used to feel anymore. Or, or she or he doesn't make me feel this way or do this for me anymore. It's what leads to divorce. It, it's, it, it flies in the face of commitment through whatever. It's transactional. It's transactional. Yeah, that's another word we've used recently. It's transactional. And Jesus is not meant to be transactional. Marriage is not meant to be transactional. And even to keep it in marriage terms for a second, I've just strongly come to believe, especially as I'm counseling young couples, 
hey, you're partially making a choice to be with this person for life because you love them and and for how they make you feel and what they do for you. Um, it's just awesome right now. Uh, but really, especially as I get older, I'm, I want to put this in front of you. You're also, more importantly, choosing this is who I want to share everything that's ahead of me with, including maybe that car wreck, including maybe infertility, including maybe um, that job loss, including maybe war that we can't see coming in 13 mm-hmm. years, you know, including maybe co- a, 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 a pandemic. You know, none of that stuff I can see, but I'm choosing to commit my life to, to going through all of those things ahead of us together. Mm-hmm. I'm not choosing just because the way you make me feel now or the, what you're doing for me now or what I think you're going to do for me. It's the same with Jesus. You know, I'm, I'm not choosing Jesus because he's going to make my life this way, that way, and the other. I'm choosing Jesus because he's trustworthy and he is king and all this unknown ahead of me, I'm going to go through it with him. Uh, that's a very different mentality, I think. Um, so back to mental health. Uh, I mean, I, I think of, I think of one of my friends in Houston. He's he's about my age. We've been friends for a long time, twenty five years. He's one of my favorite people, and he struggles with depression. He's a Christian. He loves Jesus. He reads his Bible. He is he's a good dad. And he struggles with depression. And he's on some some good antidepressants. He's had to change medications a couple, three times over the years. Some of you all know what that's like and how hard that can be. It's got side effects, but it also helps. It's helped him um, just chemically alter some things that helps him function better. But he has these these this ebb and flow over the years of just real melancholy um, attitudes and um, struggles from time to time. And man, his relationship with Jesus has really grown and he sees more and more that Jesus, you're going through this with me. Um, evidently you're not taking this away, um, in a way that I, I want snap my, I want you to snap your fingers and just t- zap this away. Like you want for your wife's physical mm-hmm. ailment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so far he's like, I think, I think, I think Jesus just going through it with me yeah. and he's my rock mm-hmm. and, and he's helped me be able to walk alongside some other folks that, that share this, this challenge, this affliction in a way that I can love them in a, in a way that I couldn't before, you know? And so, um, he does work all things for good. It just may not be the good that we want. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's good. Um, that's what we're stepping into. And, and that does not, that's not going to be the message for every week. We're going to get into some details uh, biblically of, of how to deal with these different um, aspects of mental health. But I think this was foundational. I used that word three or four times yesterday to, to say we, we've got to get past the stigma of talking about it. Um, my hope to all of you listening is that you will take some risks in the coming weeks. Even if it's just talking to one of your closest friends or family members and never talking to us or sharing with the church or sending in a podcast question. Um, at least I hope this provokes some conversation, maybe some steps people will take to get some help. Um, even bigger. I again want to plead with y'all man, if, if you're willing to share what, what you're going through, what God's teaching you, 
Um, whether it's an anonymous podcast comment or question, podcast at colonialchurch.com, or it's talking to one of us pastors confidentially, um, or it's being willing maybe even to share. Um, my group conversation last night was one of my favorite group conversations. If you're not in a group, you're missing out on, there were nine of us sitting in the living room last night. And, um, I mean, some nights it's just fun and silly and, you know, it's just friendship. But last night we, we went deep and we talked about hard stuff that, that one or more of us is going through and, um, ways we can just be there for each other. We, we stopped in the middle and prayed over one of our people. You're missing out on that. If you're not, not stepping into community like that, um, Talk to one of us about how you can be a part of something like that, for sure. I think another thing that's um, beneficial about, uh, you know, looking forward to this series is that I, I think as you talked about the stigma of, of, of mental health and, and getting help or talking to somebody is that, you know, when we, it's, it's, it's understanding that mental health affects all of us. It's not a, it's not just um, you know, do you have, uh, are you bipolar or are you, um, you know, do you have, and do you hear voices or, or, or whatever the, you know, the, the things that we have attributed to, um, mental health, or you may be depressed, but just because you aren't, you know, trying to end it, you know, like it's not the darkest day ever, you could still be depressed. You can still be anxious. And these are normal things. It's normal to go through seasons of anxiety or worry or fear or any other, you know, as you listed out the, you know, emotional well-being or, or, or psychological well-being or social well-being. Like, there are so many ways that this touches our lives individually, not just like, oh, well, this person deals with it and that touches my life in some way. But that your mental health is so much more than would they diagnose you with something or no. And, and I think we just live in a, we, we've, we have lived in a society that it's like you either, if you had mental health, then, then what you're saying is, oh, somebody can diagnose you with something mm-hmm. rather than, no, we all have things to deal with and ways that we cope with things and right. healthy and unhealthy, whether or not that becomes alcohol or, or some other addiction or, uh, or, or adventure or just abdication or any other ways that we, you know, that we that we cope with stuff that if you don't understand that this is everybody, right? This is not just a select few, right? Um, oh, well, yeah, as you said, you know, ah, you know, we, we're going through this one book and it's not really talking to me today, man. This is, this is everybody. Yeah. You know, you may not feel it right now and you may be in denial. Right. It may be something that you need to figure out. Um, okay. Maybe I do need to talk to somebody because, I can convince myself that I don't need to, mm. but I don't see the benefit in that. And maybe, the, maybe right there is your red flag of maybe I do need to talk to somebody because yep. I don't think that would be beneficial. Yep. I don't know. Uh, I do want to, can I take a turn and give a resource to folks? Yes. Do um, that and let's wrap it up. Okay. We had one of our, one of my favorite dudes at colonial came up to me yesterday. Um, and he's in a group of men that have been meeting for a while and they've tackled some different things. They've read some different books together and they are in the middle of a book that I haven't read. 
Um, that's one disclaimer, but I know the author really well and I've read some of his other stuff and I've heard him teach a lot. And so I want to, I want to go ahead and recommend this as a resource. There's a group of men, um, at least, at least a couple who go to our church that are going through, uh, Louis Giglio's, uh, recent bestseller came out last year and it's called don't give the enemy a seat at your table. And the subtitle is it's time to win the battle of your mind. And so my friend yesterday didn't even know yet what we were about to dive into and what I was teaching on. And he just could not stop sharing with me how excited he is about this resource. He's even asked if we might provide it as a study opportunity in 2023, which I told him I I seriously want to consider. But at the very least, I appreciate him coming to me. And um, we talked yesterday about... um, fixing our thoughts on God and, and very, very tangibly, very practically, uh, how can we replace if we're going to disconnect our mind from some certain bad thoughts, some unhealthy thoughts, um, how can we then turn and replace that, that thinking with dwelling on him on cap? There's a, there's passage in scripture says, just take every thought captive. Right. Um, and that's really where this study is coming from. Let me just read this short text from, from my friend, David. Uh, this is what Louis Giglio recommends, and it's it's if you want to write this down, um, maybe we'll even put this in the show notes too. Um, I'll forward this to you, Brooke. He says, uh, for every thought that comes into your mind, uh, this is from the study from Louis Giglio. Number one, determine the source of the thought. So where's that thought even coming from? Number two, is the thought congruent with God's word? Man, that's a that's a very important. Don't skip that step. Is is this thought, whatever it is, is that how's that line up with with scripture? Is that if that's not consistent with scripture, then that's a problem. Number three, if it isn't, then bind it to Jesus' name and cast it out. Just just pray over it and it, with confidence, just cast that thought away. Number four, find where in scripture the subject of that thought is prescribed. And number five, then walk in the truth of God's word. So I know, you know, I'm never a big fan of, you know, four easy steps to blank, but uh, this is very tangible, helpful thoughts from Louis Giglio on how do we fix our thoughts on God? How do we, you know, Paul says uh, to dwell on, on things that are edifying, dwell on things that are good. Um, how do we do that? Well, we got to step back, think where it's coming from. Does it line up with scripture? If it doesn't, Man, no brainer. I got to get rid of that thinking. I've got to. I've got to pray over it. Ask for supernatural help. I've got to replace that thought with something else. If it does line up with Scripture, man, what does Scripture say about it specifically? And how can I really lean into the truth from Scripture? I think. I think for part of this, the challenge ahead of us dealing with these issues, Brooke, of of peace of mind and what God has to say, is we. I'm just going to say it. We live in a biblically illiterate time. Our the, the, the majority of Christians, the majority of people who call themselves Christians in our culture right now do not read the Bible. That's, that's just the surveys bear that out. The, the decent percentage of people who call themselves Christians who go to church regularly and, and are engaged in some way, probably like a lot of our listeners, don't study the Bible. They may know some things of Scripture or have some, some, you know, some in and out experiences of scripture, but, but don't really, aren't really students of scripture. 
I don't see how we tackle this teaching series and tackle anxiety and stress and burnout and depression and trauma and not right along the way commit ourselves to studying scripture, being students of scripture on our own. Those things go hand in hand. And so that's one thing I want everybody to hear as we step into this teaching series is this is not some step aside, let's read a good psychology book and fix some things. This is how do we as followers of Jesus who are called to trust God's word as having authority in our lives and being central to to our understanding of, of seeing God through his eyes, taking on the worldview, the perspective of everything, including our mental health with scripture. How do we do that and not be students of scripture? So <clears throat> maybe just to lay the gauntlet, is that the right metaphor for our people? Um, okay, you want help in this area? You want to engage over the next several weeks? I, I also think you need to commit to to studying the scripture with us. Um, so I quote a few things from different scripture passages. Are you just going to listen? Yeah. Or are you going to go read them? Are you going to read the context they're they're yeah. written in? Are Which you? That's that's exactly what I was going to say. Is like we 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 are so good at ignoring any of the the rest of it because oh we we've heard that that one scripture or that that trite thing thrown at us that it's like oh yeah well just take every thought captive. Yep. It's like great. What does that mean? What, how do I actually apply that? That's in the middle of a letter that that Paul wrote. It's it's how. What's the who's he talking to, and what's the context for that, and how does that apply to my life? And um, is Lauren or whoever even even interpreting this accurately? <laughs> you know, like um, part of the challenge of having a topical study is it's very tempting for any teacher to what we call um, proof text, which is you know I'm gonna take that one line mm-hmm. and especially the English translation of it and use it to justify what I'm trying to say, that's not good teaching. That's not honoring honoring God's word. And so um, part of, of really applying all this and putting it together is, is committing as a community to becoming students of Scripture at some significant level. So I want to invite everybody to do that. I really do. Okay. Well, um, this is just the beginning. I'm, I'm excited about where, uh, where this goes and the conversations that we get into around here. So... Um, I, I'm with you. I hope we can get some more people in here to uh, talk about some of this a little bit more um, experienced and knowledgeable and, uh, and, and lead us along the way um, through that process. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. Anything you got left before we get out of here? No, uh, I will remind. I mean, I say no, and then I say something. That's so. Is that Laura or what? Every time. No. Every time. But no. two things. But yes. Um, <laughs> this Sunday... Two services, 9, 15, 11. Uh, the next week, November 6th, don't, don't mess this up. The next week, so just think November. First Sunday in November, we are moving to one weekly gathering, 10 a.m. And uh, you'll hear more about it as it gets closer. We're going to all serve together uh, afterwards in that service on the 6th. Uh, but this week, 9, 15, 11, we'll enjoy both services. Um, if you want to know how can you help in this transition, how, I love if you if you're thinking I love Colonial it's my church family is there anything I can do to help in this transition would you reach out to us at the church office reach out to any one of our pastors reach out to Lori our children's ministry director there are some tangible things you can do to make this transition uh, just be better for everybody so that's all I got man okay yeah we got a lot of things coming up um, there's 
Thanksgiving stuff going on that same day. There's uh, more things for Angel Tree coming up, for Christmas stuff, all kinds of things coming up. Um, Jingle Jam. Have we even announced that yet? Am I, we have I, not announced Jingle Jam, but well, it's coming. Want, some cool stuff for our kids and right. families in December. We just have lots of stuff going on. So um, as, as Lauren would say, stay tuned. Uh, stay dialed into this channel. And uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. Well, this has been the E6 Podcast from Colonial Church. You can always get more information about Colonial at colonialchurch.com or from our app store, uh, or the Google Play Store where you can get our app. And we'd love to hear from you and send, you, send us your questions, your feedback, your thoughts. What are you going through? What questions does this bring up in your head as we're dealing with all these different mental health things? Send it to podcast at colonialchurch.com. Go Astros. Go Phillies. Thank you for listening, and we will pick up the conversation again next week.